Welcome in to the New Orleans Saints podcast, hosted by Aaron Summers and John DeShazer. You'll hear from players, coaches, broadcasters, and writers who cover the team on a daily basis. The New Orleans Saints podcast starts right now. Here's your hosts, Aaron Summers and John DeShazer. Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast. I'm Aaron Summers. The Saints are officially stacking wins, making it two in a row after a 24-6 win over the Giants Sunday. Defensively, the Saints did not allow the Giants to enter the red zone one time. And the Saints, they haven't allowed a touchdown in back-to-back games now. Giants quarterback Tommy DeVito was sacked seven times as Tano Passigno had three and Brian Brzee had two. The two combined feasted. Offensively, Derek Carr was 23 of 28 for 218 yards and a 134.8 passer rating. That is the highest of the season for Carr. Carr threw for three touchdowns for the first time as a Saint, hitting Keith Kirkwood, Jawan Johnson, and Jimmy Graham. Head coach Dennis Allen said he challenged his veteran players to step up this weekend, leaving gas cans in their lockers Friday during practice. And by the way the game played out, probably safe to say the vets stepped up. We kind of challenged some of the, you know, veteran older players this week to, um, you know, step up and and be at their best uh, when their best is required. And I think a lot of those guys kind of took that as a personal challenge. And I thought you saw some of our veteran players really step up and play at an exceptionally high level. I think Demario obviously was one of those guys. Uh, the first part of that game, I thought he was he was all over the place. Uh, and I thought he played really well in the game. Davis had five tackles, a quarterback hit, two tackles for a loss, and a sack in the first quarter alone, absolutely setting the tone for the rest of the defense. While it was a fun day in the Superdome Sunday, the Saints have to quickly turn the page to the Rams, who they face in L.A. Thursday night. Anytime you play a Thursday night game, we, we, we're going to tweak the, the schedule uh, you know, significantly. Um, you know, you're trying to cram basically – four or five days of work in into, into just a couple of days. So, um, but, but, but the practices will be, you know, walkthrough oriented practices this week. It's all about really the recovery, uh, getting guys' bodies back, uh, trying to hopefully get them, you know, freshened up and, and, uh, and ready to play for Thursday night. With the team not officially practicing until Tuesday, an estimated injury report had eight Saints players listed, with wide receiver Chris Alave and right tackle Ryan Ramchek as non-participants. Allen said he expects Alave to participate in some capacity tomorrow, and they'll go from there. For a look back at the game against the Giants and how the season is playing out, John DeShazer and I are bringing in Matthew Paris, who covers the Saints for the Times-Picune. Matthew, thank you so much for joining us on the New Orleans Saints podcast. We've kind of waited too long because you're not new now. You've been here for a while and I wanted to introduce you to everybody. So, I mean, at least I'll give you that this moment to kind of introduce yourself to at least our fan base. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, I've now covered more Saints games this season than I've had a commander. So it's a little weird for me. Time's gone flying by, but for Anyone who doesn't know, I'm Matt Paris. I well, work for the Times for Kuhn and the Advocate, and I moved down here in uh, end of October after covering the Washington Commanders for, uh, God, almost seven years uh, for the Washington Times. So uh, it's time to switch things up, and I'm glad to be here, and uh, it's been a fun season so far. What was the biggest difference moving down here to cover the Saints versus the Commanders? 
<laughs> well, in terms of just New Orleans is quite different than the DC area. So getting used to that was, uh, you know, it, it was, I think I took a trip to New Orleans right after uh, Washington played a Thursday night game. And I went from, you know, 40 degrees to 80 in October. And that was, that was quite the change, but nice. Um, and then in terms of just, yeah, like the, the teams are kind of like oddly similar, not necessarily now because the Saints are doing a lot better than uh, the commanders, but some of the, some of the the patterns of the Saints and Washington were very familiar in terms of, oh, why is the offense not clicking? Oh, the defense is really good. Like there there are kind of overlaps there. But uh yeah, it's been it's been a whirlwind, but it's been a blast. Good. I'm I'm glad to hear that. New Orleans is definitely a different place, but it is very special, a lot of fun. You mentioned both sides of the ball not playing well at the same time. However, I think in yesterday's game against the Giants, we saw a, a complete game. I think defense, offense, special teams, everyone played really well. What stood out to you most in that game, that aspect? Yeah, I think for me, it was the defense. You know, I know a lot was made on Derek Carr, and I think it was his most efficient outing, at least since I've been here, definitely, but others have said of the season. But even putting that aside for a second, you know, this was a team that was really built on that defense, that defensive identity. That's what coach Lance Allen hangs his hat on and so you know from them to play back to that standard I think was really important for them and I know you can point to maybe it's the Giants it's Tommy DeVito but even putting that aside I just think what they were able to do against him the way that they were able to confuse a young quarterback and kind of make his life hell for four quarters was really just uh really impressive and I think it was important for them to get back to that kind of standard. Matt, I've got a brother who lives in the DMV, and um, I would never never live there because of traffic. But um, uh, Saints offense, what have you seen from it so far? Because it's been a little bit sketchy. Uh, yesterday they did perform the last three games, I guess, in the red zone, but had been some ups and downs and some bumps and you know some some not so smooth areas. But what have you seen improvement wise from that from that unit? Yeah, I think they're starting to find a rhythm. I think it kind of starts with a few things. It's that. One, the pass protection has been a lot better. Derek Carr has had time to throw. And then second is he's throwing it around. I think part of that was the byproduct of not having Chris Olave or even Mike Thomas, if you want to throw him in there uh, yesterday. But you really saw him. I think he had 10 or 11 players he threw the ball to. Um, They're really starting to get guys involved in this offense. Even a guy like Juwan Johnson, I know when I joined the beat, Luke Johnson, my uh, beat partner, he said that like this is a guy who had a really great training camp and he really just hasn't had a productive season. But now he's starting to show that, you know, that that why that chemistry was there in the first place. So um, I, I really think they're starting to spread the ball around. The protection's been better. And, you know, Derek Carr, <laughs> has, he's heard a lot of criticism this season. And I, I don't know how much he's affected by it. He would say none. But I think it would be natural to internalize some of that and try to be motivated to play better. And I, I think he's starting to play better. Matt, you could have stretched that lot out. You could have said a lot of criticism <laughs> because it has been a lot of criticism. Absolutely. But, but, um, but what do you think about, because you've mentioned the spreading the ball around the piecemeal that they've had to do with the offense with uh, Rashid Shahid out a couple of weeks with Chris Olave out uh, the last game. And then with Michael Thomas out for an extended period of time, how much has it been critical for them to, to spread the wealth a little bit because they don't have, you know, some of those guys and they don't have the consistency uh, that they'd like to have. Oh, it's been huge. I, I mean, I think even someone like getting Jimmy Graham more involved, he has such a, you know, a unique stat line of four touchdowns uh, for six catches. 
but I think you're starting to see his impact in the game as well. It, you know, that Keith Kirkwood touchdown was really interesting yesterday because I was talking to him after the game and he said that when they ran that play in practice, the nickel cornerback was kind of covering him every time, but the Giants kind of left him wide open. And, and I think if you look at the play, they were worried about Jimmy Graham. And so, you know, not only his reputation of being a red zone threat, but him actually being a red zone threat. Uh, the, the Saints red zone has been a lot better the last few weeks. And I think he's a huge reason why. You know, when you're the Saints and you're traveling on on a short week, not just traveling on a short week, but traveling to, to Los Angeles where you lose, I guess, valuable practice time during the week because you got to go out on a Wednesday and you got to travel a long way. How much could that disrupt what they're trying to build? Because again, you, you know, it'd be great if it was a division game and you'd have to have a shorter travel, but you know, you have to, that has to be factored in. I know the team's got to play around it, but it is a factor. Yeah, it's definitely a challenge. I mean, going cross country is always challenging, definitely doing in a short week. I think the quality of opponent here matters a lot as well. The Rams are, even though they're seven and seven, like the Saints, they've been kind of on the upswing. They've had a really impressive season, I think, especially from where they've started. And so this is going to be a test for them. You know, the, their offense is really clicking right now. And uh, I think that, you know, seeing a seeing a quarterback like Matthew Stafford is obviously different than DeVito, but some of the things that the Saints were able to do in Sunday's game, um, you're not going to be able to do that against Matthew Stafford, the, the way that they were able to confuse him uh, with pre uh, like snap motions and, and those sorts of things. You know, Stafford has seen that before. You know, what have you made of some of these swings by the Saints this season? Because, I mean, you know, three-game losing streak and a two-game winning streak, and it's just kind of been, you know, I'm, at the end of the wash, it's it's an even record, but there have been some some highs and some some really, really lows. And, you know, what have you just made of this? Because, you know, this fan base is, is uh, I guess, emotional would be the word for it. <laughs> but right. you know, what, have you, what have you been able to make of it? Because I would assume that they're just as passionate uh, in, in D.C. For, for, the, for the commanders. Yeah, no, it's been consistently inconsistent to use a phrase that they're consistently inconsistent uh, that Alvin Kamara said in the locker room a few weeks ago. I thought that was a good way uh, to put it. You know, teams are going to go through these swings. I just think it, it's it's hard to get a like a good grasp with the Saints because you look at their schedule. They face kind of a lot of easy teams, if you want to put it that way. Um, they haven't always taken care of business, but yet they, they do have some things on this roster that, you know, you would point to. We've talked a lot about identity with Dennis Allen and the media the last couple of weeks that they do have an identity on defense. And that's to get after the quarterback, uh, have a really strong, stout secondary. I, I think when they play well, all those things are clicking. And then when they don't, you know, it, um, I forget who it was. I think it was Colin Saunders, but he said after the game yesterday that, you know, they were able to shut down. Saquon Barkley and because of that they were able to really um, impose their defense that way and when they haven't done that you know the the running game uh, teams have been able to run on this uh, team a little bit and so I think that's kind of maybe the difference there. Yeah how impressive was their run defense yesterday because they held Saquon Barkley to just 14 yards on nine carries which is really unheard of for the type of production he's been having over the last few weeks. And then even DeVito, somebody that was talked about a lot as a mobile quarterback, didn't have a lot of opportunity to get out and run. No, he didn't. And I was really surprised with the way that they were able to shut down Saquon Buckley. Going back to what we were talking about earlier, though, like that, it, it's why complete games are so important is because, you know, the offense got a lead 
uh, the Giants didn't have a lot of opportunities to run the ball. Now, I guess you could point to that in the first half. It was still a one-point game for most of it, mm-hmm. or, and they could have theoretically run the football. But, um, you know, the Saints were putting them in a lot of kind of dis- disadvantaged situations where it was second and long, third and long. Um, so, yeah, that they really cracked down. And, and I just think the energy the Saints are playing with right now in defense is really – kind of sticking out Demario uh, Demario Davis yesterday was really <laughs> really just flying around all over the place so um that was it was impressive to see I know you read an article about the Saints getting back to their identity on defense and that started with you know stopping the run and it's something that they haven't been able to do consistently this this year however the past couple games they haven't allowed the team to score a touchdown on them do you think that this is something that they can continue going into the Rams game? Well, I mean, they're going to have to if they want to win this game. The Rams have had a, a really uh, impressive rushing attack this season. Uh, I think Ky- Kyron Williams has had um, 400-yard games in the last five outings. Um, they they are really clicking. And, you know, Sean McVay, it's been impressive the way that they've been able to rebuild this offense because if you look at the team that even won – the Super Bowl a few years ago, a lot of those guys are gone. They're schematically, I don't think they're doing things quite the same way. Um, and so it's a huge uh, threat. And I don't, you know, I know Saquon Barkley is one of the best running backs in the league, but, I, you know, the, because of the threat Stafford has, you have to account for his arm. I don't know if they're going to be able to shut down the run as well as they did Sunday, but um, that's what makes the NFL interesting week to week. It's always a challenge. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be something that they are going to hope to do. And if they can, then that helps eliminate some of the threats that the Rams bring. It's kind of wild that we're sitting here talking about the Rams and the Saints as, you know, a possible head-to-head, getting in the last wild card spot. This game means so much. When at the beginning of the year, I don't think a lot of people thought the Rams were going to make it into the playoffs at all, that they were young, they're going to have to grow throughout the season was kind of the opposite for the Saints. They, Saints were the favorite to to win the division. How much does that impact this specific game? Because both sides really need this win. Yeah, no, I mean, if we're just talking about like playoff odds based on whether you win or lose this game, it's huge. Um, Luke brought this point up on our show that we do, so I'm going to just steal it from him. But uh, if you look at the New York Times uh, simulator of the playoff odds, it's like a 50-point swing either way based on who wins that game. If the the Saints win this one, I think their playoff odds boost up to 80%. Uh, If they lose it, it's down in the 20s. The Rams are even a bigger swing. Uh, So it's huge. And I think, you know, why this game's important for the Saints is not even, you know, it keeps them alive in the division. There's all that. But it really keeps them alive. And I think it puts them in great position for the wild card spot, that seventh seed um, kind of at the bottom of the NFC. It really, I think that's kind of why the percentages would be as high as they are is because, you know, you're still alive for the division, but they have that chance to sneak in there as well. So this one, this one's a lot more important than just a few weeks ago when maybe we thought they were going to flex it out of Thursday night football, because, you know, who wants to see two struggling teams in prime time, but they're not uh, really struggling that much anymore. Yeah, both teams have been playing really well of late. Okay, so going back to the Giants game, I I want to know from both of you who your player of the game would be, because I think there are a few different options depending if you want to go defense, offense, even a couple options on defense. So JD, I'll start with you. 
Okay, well, I am going to go with Landon Young, who started at right tackle. He did not mm. know he was going to be starting at right tackle. Uh, Ryan Ramchek couldn't go. Uh, Landon Young has been the tackle eligible for much of this season. And I, I just thought the, the offensive line, I think Matt brought it up. I thought the offensive line played really well. And I think it's tough to do that when you've got a guy who steps in that late into the week, not knowing he's going to be a starter until maybe Thursday, Friday, or some, somewhere down the line. But I thought the line played well, and I thought Landon Young held up well. So, you know, he would be kind of my unsung guy. I mean, the obvious would obviously be, you know, Derek Carr or something. But I, I think Landon Young really stepped in and played well. I like that. Uh, you know, uh, I'll go to Mario Davis. Uh, we mentioned him before, but – Tyron Matthew had a funny quote after the game of, um, you know, why do, why are you guys so effective on Saquon? And he said, no, Davis was the one effective on Saquon. He shut him down. So uh, that um, Passano was really uh, impressive with three sacks as well. Uh, but I, I would say those two. That it was just it was a complete defensive performance, and uh, I I go the defensive side. Yeah, there was another moment that I saw where somebody was talking to Zach Bond about how the the pass rush has changed and what's been so effective. And Pete Werner jumped in and said, well, it's because Bond's in now and he's the one that's that's playing. And how big of an effect has he had on, on their ability, especially just when he comes in on the third down? Yeah, I think he's been huge, especially, you know, this is a team that really kind of needed pass rush help. They brought in Jason Pierre-Paul for kind of that boost. He wasn't here very long. He signed uh, with the Miami Dolphins. Cam Jordan's been hurt, but even... The, Putting aside that injury, they, they weren't a very productive group all season. They, they were kind of underwhelming in that regard. But I just think if you can do some creative things like bringing a linebacker kind of off the edge and having him be more of a pass rusher, that's going to give defenses more to account for. And I think why Bond really works in particular is, one, he did it in college um, at Wisconsin. You know, that mm-hmm. that that's a role familiar to him. But this is a guy that really loves um, to study pass rushing. Uh, we were having a conversation uh, last week, and we are talking about the sack he had on Jared Goff during the Lions game, and he was saying how when he was watching film, um, he noticed uh, a Patriots linebacker, Josh, Josh Uche, I, th- I think his name is. Um, he had a similar move against Penny Sewell during uh, a 2022 game between uh, the Lions and the Patriots, and he noticed that technique kind of um, worked against him, and they kind of have similar uh, skill sets. So. He was like, all right, I'm going to try that. And it worked. Um, But he's just so kind of thoughtful about the way he wants to go about his craft. And um, I think it's made a huge difference with the Saints. Yeah, you mentioned earlier we were talking about the red zone production, Jimmy Graham. It's kind of wild to think that the Saints have been nine and their last 10 trips to the red zone. And that doesn't even include, you know, the 23 yard pass to Juwan Johnson where he scored. They've just been so effective. Have you ever covered a season where it's taken this much time for things to click? Um, That's a good question. I, I don't know. I mean, it feels like when, if a team struggles in the red zone, like they're normally pretty bad and it doesn't click. I mean, I, I think I've definitely covered seasons like this where they've been consist- inconsistent where some weeks they look great, some weeks they don't look great. But in terms of this suddenly clicking um, and sustaining rather, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I haven't seen that a lot. Okay, so, so Matt, we've gotten your, your football knowledge and, and we know where you used to work. Now we need to know a little bit more background. Where where are you from? Are you from the D.C. area? Where, where are you from? Uh, I'm from Illinois, actually. Uh, I'm from Naperville, Illinois, which is Sean Payton's hometown. So, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, I... Uh, lived out there mostly. I spent uh, a few years in Colorado, like 
from ages five to 12. Uh, so I uh, grew up and uh, rooted for most of those teams growing up. It's different now, you know, being in this uh, profession, but uh, in terms of, and then I moved back uh, around kind of middle school back to Illinois um, and uh, went to DePaul University. Okay. So how'd you get into this business? I'm always interested in that because, you know, Aaron's got a TV background. I, I started at a newspaper. So, you know, I kind of understand the whole, the whole writing thing, but a lot of people don't have the writing bug nowadays, but yeah. you know, I'm always interested in people who want to write because I, you know, I just think it's a, a great form of communication, but I'm, I'm a little bit biased. Yeah. So I, I kind of fell into it. It was funny. I was on a box. I'm a really big boxing fan. That's like, uh, honestly, like my favorite sport. And I was on a boxing message board and this guy was like, Hey, I'm starting a website. Uh, you should come write for me. And I was 16 at the time. And I was like, <laughs> I was very skeptical. I was like, uh, sure. He's like, I can get you credentialed to fights. So I got credentialed. I was still in high school. My, my mom went with me <laughs> to the first fight I ever covered because she was really skeptical of it. And, um, I really fell into it. That site quickly folded. And I was like, I need to stay in this. Like, I love this. Like, let me try and latch on. So I latched on to another site. And really ever since high school, it's like uh, I've been kind of on this path of like, all right, I want to do this for a living. And I, I love it. I, I can't imagine doing anything else. So is boxing now somewhat out of the blood or how 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 deep is the boxing still ingrained? Uh, no, I mean, I still follow it. You know, I, I try and watch uh, a lot of the major fights. It's kind of hard to do it when you're covering uh, a team all the time but um yeah i i haven't been to vegas for a fight like that but i i would really like to go uh, someday but i've covered you know a uh major cards like in washington um they would go at the mgm national harbor and i would always uh work my way there and cover that on the side while i was uh working so okay. yeah so are you an MMA, mma guy also or just boxing just boxing mostly. Uh, I like, I, I don't really like the wrestling portion of MMA. Um, I like kind of just like the, the technical side of boxing, but um, I, I don't have anything against MMA. It's just more of my boxing is more of my speed. Okay. One, one, I, I got to throw this last yeah. thing. In. Who, which saint has the best boxing hands? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> if I'm finding out, then that means I've written something that they really like. So. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna find that out. Uh, no, Is there anywhere? Uh, there's nowhere around here where you could kind of double dip, huh? Uh, I was thinking about it. I I realized that I realized after the fact because he just lost. But uh, uh, Regis uh, per, I can't pronounce his last name, but um, this fighter he just fought Devin Haney. He's from um New Orleans and uh, lightweight, like uh. He competes at 140. He had a couple belts there. Um, so when he does his comeback after that loss, I will try and shoehorn my way in there to try and write about him. But yeah, if if you guys know any uh, boxers from New Orleans or anything like that, please uh, hit me up on Twitter and let me know. Uh, I'd love to write about that on the side when I'm not too busy with these guys because I, I still, they're so much fun. Boxers are so candid in ways that, you know, football players, they aren't really <laughs> so we have a couple guys that will will speak their mind a little bit, but yeah, probably yeah, not as much. <laughs> no, but but like you know, it, it's just it's just it's just different. Yeah. Well, 
if anybody around here that's listening knows of anywhere to go or any boxing ties to the area, it's at Matthew underscore Paris, P-A-R-A-S, right? Yeah, that's great. Thanks. Yeah, my last name's (laughs) pronounced like the city, but spelled like the Pokemon. Which means nothing to me, but great. Cool. No, it's fine. (laughs) I'm sure Jamal Williams will appreciate that. Yes. Oh, yeah, no, I (laughs) grew up uh, liking anime and stuff, so I've already had uh, his, we've already talked about. No, you definitely got his blessing. You got his heart. Yeah. Yeah, he will not be one to fight you then. Yeah, at least have that. (laughs) (laughs) Matt, thank you so much for joining us on the New Orleans Saints podcast. It was great to have your insight and get to know you a little bit better. Thanks. Yeah, anytime, guys. Appreciate it. Really appreciate Matt joining us. It's going to be a busy week for the Saints, and we'll have you covered on NewOrleansSaints.com with practices Tuesday and Wednesday before the team heads to L.A. Thanks for tuning in today, and keep enjoying that W. Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Saints podcast. Join us three times per week on NewOrleansSaints.com, the Saints mobile app, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Saints podcast.